right, welcome everybody. This is Emma. Uh, you are listening to the Direct Farm Podcast. And today we're talking with Janelle Mayoko. She is the CEO and founder of Barn to Door and the perfect person to help us kick off the first episode. Janelle, welcome. Thank you so much. Super excited to be here. Really excited to have you. I want to, you know, have you introduce yourself to the audience. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Let me give you a little bit about my background just for fun because, you know, why am I so excited about Barn to Door every day? <laughs> um, I actually did come from agricultural roots. My um, grandfather was a dairy farmer and a chicken farmer. I spent a lot of time on the farm, um, standing between cows, you know, collecting eggs, etc. cetera. Um, and then back in the day, honestly, I used to pick berries every summer. That was my summer job. They'd bust us in and we'd do eight hours of berry picking until your hands were completely red. <laughs> Super fun. Um, and so that was just a huge part of my growing up years. Even my father had a hobby farm, you know, 10 acres of blueberries, and, and we always had animals on, on premise. And so just really good sentiment for, for farmers who work so hard um, and are very do-it-yourself and are just amazing, you know, growing and owning their own businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the farming background. I also spent a lot of time in restaurants, interestingly enough. I mean, it was sort of a natural foray all the way through high school, college. Um, I worked in restaurants, both the front of house, back of house, you know, started as a busser and went all the way through to as a server. Later in life, went back and got a culinary degree, so that's exciting. But my actual degree in, at university was, uh, I got an MBA and um, in, I got a business degree here in Seattle, which is exciting because it's kind of a tech hub. You know, it's, it's a lot of entrepreneurship, uh, a lot of uh, software development, a lot of really amazing businesses here. Um, so I got to sponge off that culture, that environment. Um, so I spent about 10 years um, in tech, uh, in food tech uh, companies. I worked for uh, a number of startups. I even actually consulted for um, state commissions like Texas Grapefruit, California Fig, a number of those. So super involved with food. Um, after about 10 years, I dipped out and went back to culinary school, as I mentioned, um, to become a trained chef because it was just a lifelong dream. I've always had such a deep passion and appreciation for food. The change happened when I went to culinary school because when I came out of that, I, um, I was actually trying to source food directly from farmers. I'm like, I want the good stuff, you know, I don't, right. you know and I know it tastes better uh, when there's <laughs> love put into it from a sustainable um, a- agriculture standpoint and just, you know, more nutritious and clean food. And so when I started to try to do that, um, I learned pretty quickly that there's a lot, in fact, in Washington State alone, which is my home state, I learned that there's actually 40,000 farmers. And I was still confounded on how to get food from them. I was digging for emails or phone numbers, asking people. I mean, it was actually really hard to figure out who they were and how to get their food. Mm-hmm. And I was just, uh, I was i was a bit flummoxed, actually. I'm like, this, this, we have to solve this because, you know, the food system is quickly becoming, you know, big trucks and commodity and big box grocers. And yet there's all of this amazing food out there and no easy way for all of us, you know, consumers, quote unquote, to get it. Right. Um, and that really became sort of that moment of this needs to be fixed. So then how did you go about fixing it? What what was the solution there? <laughs> well, not an, not an overnight process. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I've been in this space now building software for um, farmers for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've learned a ton about what works, what doesn't, what to build for them, what they need, what they don't need um, because of all the conversations with farmers. Um, so what I really wanted to do was I know that people wanted to buy from these farmers, right? And I knew that all the demand was there and all the food was there and technology really becomes the linchpin. Mm-hmm. So people were used to Airbnb, they're used to Uber, they're used to Amazon, they're used to being online and being able to browse and buy um, directly from whomever. And I knew that if it was that easy, and this is sort of where the inspiration came from Barn to Door, I'm like, look, if I could choose between buying from a big box grocer or an online grocer, 
and I could as easily buy from a local farmer, 10 out of 10 times I'm buying from that local farmer. Right. And if I can make it that easy for all consumers and chefs for that matter, if I can make it that easy for them, they're going to do the same thing. And then all of a sudden you start to actually change how people buy food, how they think about buying food and who they are buying from. And then these farmers have an opportunity to be that much more successful. Um, and, and I just needed to make it easy for them, right? I needed to build that, that piece in between so that farmers could be successful um, and have their food online in front of people the way people are used to it. Absolutely. We know that everyone wants to buy local food, right? When it comes to that decision, that's a pretty easy easy one for people to make. They want to buy local food. They want to support local farms. Um, but what were some of the trends that you saw that needed addressing in order to, you know, like you said, bridge that piece? Well, you know, I have to say the interesting thing, and I didn't mention this before, but the first 10 years of my career, while I was working um, for various companies around the Seattle area, I actually was a food blogger on this side um, for 10 years, literally when blogging became a thing. I'm like, I need to figure this out. You know, this is these are online relationships, uh, online social communities. What's this all about? So I was actually a, a relatively popular food blogger. In fact, I often got flown around to be an, a quote-unquote influencer for these different um, companies um, to help promote them. So a, an amazing thing. But here's the catch. People love to talk about food. I mean, farmers are in the industry that all, all everybody on uh, Instagram and Facebook and, and all, you know, food bloggers, are, I think it's probably the biggest group of bloggers out there. And there's a reason it's because people love to talk about food. And so farmers have this kind of gangbusters opportunity online for from a word of mouth perspective for people to share, share, share. Oh, I bought from this farmer. Oh, I bought from this farmer. Look at the picture of, you know, what I just bought. Um, interestingly, in Barn to Door, we have, we've built in anybody who ever buys from any farmer can share it immediately on Facebook, right? I mean, we can help spread that good news and make this happen. So then what were some of the, the trends that you were seeing that buyers really were expecting that farms weren't necessarily addressing right away? Well, I mean, I think the, the, the obvious call out is that farmers weren't online. Um, and I talked to so many restaurateurs, I was first, uh, you know, 10, 10 plus years ago and consistently since. And they're like, we love local food and we love the, uh, the, the heirloom varieties and all of the, you know, that you can tell that you can taste it on the plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a big difference. And they're like, but it's different. Every farmer is like a different invoice or I have to call or I have to text. I don't know what they have. And then they email me. And by the time I email back, some of it's gone. So they're like, this is clunky. Like we would want, we would do this so much more if it didn't take our time. And this is the chef speaking. There's just this reality of, I'm so used to just going online. I don't care if it's Etsy or Walmart or Amazon or anywhere. I can just see what you have, buy it, put it in my cart and I'm done. And that's today's buyers. So while buyers all want to buy from local food, it actually has to be easy or they won't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where we come in. In 2019, one in 20 people purchased food online. In 2020, it was projected to be one in five buying food online. That's huge. Uh, and then what happened, COVID, and now it's actually one, and I think that actually fast-tracked that. Now it's actually one in three people. So 30% of everyone um, has, has, is buying food online. Um, and that's a great wrapped audience since they're online six hours a day. It's, it's, it's a big deal. If not more during COVID. <laughs> Probably more during COVID. Yes, absolutely. And so people are online, people want local food. What are some of the tools that needed to exist for farms to make it easy for customers? How is, you know, that software different than building something else? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So it, it is unique to be building software for farmers um, versus just a generic commerce solution, right? I mean, you can go, there's a 
ton of sites you can go to online that, you know, and everybody, you know, Wix, Squarespace, whomever, like you can go online, you can set up a store. Um, but that's kind of like a round peg in a square hole when it comes to farmers servicing their local customers, because all of those companies are optimized for um, sh things you ship. They're not optimized and they don't have uh, tools or capabilities in place for people who actually deliver directly. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot. And, and it's so fun to be able to actually focus on. We constantly are like, how do we save farmers time? And farmers are like, hey, can you, make, can you build this for me? So it, it's this, so a great example. Here's a great example. Number one, farmers, I would say 90% plus of our farmers actually sell to customers that require different price points. So I might sell to chefs with a different price and I might sell to consumers with a different price for the same product. So our software actually enables that, right? A different price for a different customer. Our software also enables different schedules for different customers because you might deliver every Friday, you know, Thursday night cut off, you know, order by 10 PM for Friday delivery every week to a chef. Great. They can put that in their store. So if I'm a chef shopping from them, I can just throw it on the cart um, and, and check out, for my Friday delivery. But if I'm a consumer, that farmer might offer, hey, yeah, you can pick up at the farmer market. There's a couple of uh, neighborhood locations you can pick up. Or maybe I do do some door-to-door -door delivery because we're actually seeing that take off uh, like exponentially. Mm -hmm. um, they can choose like one zip code to focus on to kind of drum up that business. Um, so they can just be like, hey, if you're a consumer, here's your price point and here's your delivery options. So really fantastic. That's very nuanced, right? Um, farmers also need to pick in a pack list. They need a, a pick and a pack list um, for their delivery day. And then now, because again, same thing, door-to-door uh, -door delivery is really taking off for farmers. Uh, we've actually um, set up integrations with routing apps. So they can choose, you know, this routing app or that one. Um, and, uh, and we give them the, the proper information to be able to integrate with that. And then, and then their routes are mapped. You know, so our whole goal is uh, what do we build to make their lives easier mm -hmm. and to make their, their managing all of their orders and payments and customers and marketing, quite frankly, and inventory just seamless, right? And that's what we ask ourselves every day. Like as a software company for farmers, we literally wake up and say, how do we make farmers' lives better today? Well, and it's, you know, it's been fun too, because we get to serve so many farms and we're so lucky to do so that we actually get to then learn really what's working and turn around and kind of give some of that data back. Uh, you know, what have we really seen working? Actually, I really appreciate you saying that. So this is the direct podcast. So I want to give a shout out to that number one, which is we're building software for farmers who are selling direct. Um, so we actually set up, we help them set up their brands online um, and their stores online and have them then service their own existing customers. So it's all about direct because I, that is the ideal way for farmers to keep the most money in their pocket. Um, and then to build those in-buyer relationships, right? You, you want the farmer to own those buyer relationships and, and build that loyalty to the farm brand. So really, really excited about that. And then the other thing, to your point, when we're servicing farmers, you know, year over year over year, we're learning what works. I mean, we're watching, we're not just watching anybody with Commerce Online, we're watching what works for farmers. And we can tell you definitively, oh, if, you, if, you, if you're using the tool that has automa automatic order reminders to your customers, you're going to get more orders. You're going to get 30% more orders if you have those, the, your order reminders turned on. So we can actually like, tell them ways to be successful. It's a, it's a, I know that our um, support and success teams love that, right? I mean, we have, we are, we have support teams that um, are always on call to talk to farmers. And then our farmers have onboarding and account managers who they meet with regularly. Um, and then they can relay back to them, hey, 
here's what's working for other farmers. Maybe we should think about that for your farm or discuss maybe the strategy there uh, in the event that a farmer wants to save even more time or increase sales. Mm-hmm. Well, and we found too, we, this is the direct podcast and throughout the episodes, we're going to be focusing on the four levers for farm success, which is exactly that. It's the four big things we've seen that farms need to focus on in order to be successful selling direct. So Janelle, like you said, this is the direct farm podcast. And what we're going to be focusing on in each episode is one of the four levers for farm success which based on that data is what we've seen is super important for farms to focus on in order to be successful going direct to market. So I want to have you introduce the four levers. Yeah, I am so excited. I mean, literally, this is the reason we started this direct podcast is so we can talk about these levers and help give farmers the tools, tasks, ideas, inspiration that they need to incrementally tackle these and improve their, you know, ideally improve their businesses, you know, getting more orders, saving more time, being successful. Um, and we'll be, we'll, be talking to, uh, we'll be talking to industry experts um, as well as farmers who are having success, but it's just great to pull ideas from, from across various industries um, and, and just success watching it unfold right in front of us. So the four levers are quality, price, brand, and convenience. You know, I know quality is kind of a given with the farms we work with. It's the, really the basis. If you don't have a quality product, you don't necessarily have something to sell. Yeah, I mean, the, the farmers we work with are, they're so inspirational. Um, the, the, the care they have for the soil, uh, for our earth, for the animals, and for the people consuming the food they grow is just, it's inspiring, mm-hmm. right? And it's really, I, I frankly, if you were to talk to anybody on the Barn Door team, it's, it's what in, keeps us inspired and, and showing up for work every day with a big grin on our face, because we know we're helping these amazing people who grow amazing food be successful. Um, so we're just in this really unique and fortunate uh, position to be able to help farmers. Quality is, is I think, I don't want to say it's the most obvious lever, but it's, it's certainly the most familiar lever to farmers um, because they, care, they do. They care so much about their food and the quality of their food. But now, granted, you're going to learn very quickly, like you can't just have one lever. You can't just have quality and like be one and done. It, it doesn't, you can't just grow it and they will come. It doesn't, unfortunately, it does not work that way. Um, but if you don't have quality, then you can do everything else right and people aren't going to buy your food right? Because it just, it just doesn't taste good. Um, and, and it's not nutritious. So quality, absolutely cornerstone, most obvious, most farms are doing a really good job of this. Um, and they're, they're learning from some, you know, this one, again, is also the most approachable online, like you can learn so much about soil health, you can learn so much about, you know, regenerative practices. Um, so most accessible, and most obvious. Well, and customers, consumers really want that quality food. They want to understand kind of what's going into growing the food they're consuming. And so it's not only, you know, this kind of given that farms focus on the quality of their food, but it's also a a reason that they're getting the business they are and that people are excited to pay what they're willing to in order to have that food, which brings us to price. Price. Yeah, 70% of people are willing to pay more for quality food. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a lot of people. And, you know, I think that number is growing. People really are increasingly caring. So price is interesting. It's not just about price. Price is a combination of your product mix, your packaging, um, and the and the purchase and buying experience, right? So price is really all about keep it simple. Mm-hmm. If you have to over-explain things to customers, you're going to lose customers. Um, price should be obvious. Our most successful farmers um, actually have, on average, just 60 items in their store. Um, 
so less is often more. Actually, some of our most, most successful farmers have less, less than 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get away with that by saying, hey, it's a bundle box. It's a farmer's choice bundle box or it's XYZ and it's a subscription. Like they just make it very, very simple. So that matters. Um, flat rate pricing when, when and if ever possible is great. Um, we have a lot of folks um, who sell chickens, small, medium, large, you know, 25, 30, $35 each at flat rates and they're having great success and they don't have to go back in with the weights and everything else. Now, granted, our software supports that, you know, weighted items, deposits, and then for future payments. And that's great. But whenever possible, flat rates actually work better because the consumer, the buyer wants it to be simple. That's, that's what we're used to online. We're just like, click, click, done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and so that's what that, 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 if you want buyers to buy, you need to make it as simple as possible. Absolutely. Right. And making sure that the price is one that not only covers your costs, but makes sense in terms of the competition that you have as well and pays yourself. You know, we know that's that's why we come to work every day as well, to make sure that growing this quality food and getting it to market is a really viable source of income for people um, because we want more of it. Uh, More money in the farmer's pockets is absolutely a better thing. Exactly. Yeah. which brings us to brand and convenience, which I know are the ones we love to talk about. So brand is interesting. Um, I think we'll talk a little bit about, you know, which lover you focus on and when. This one's actually quite accessible. Most farmers, honestly, that we talk to aren't leaning into this but once they start to, they see some really good responses and results from their existing customers and a lot more purchasing because people start to engage more. Um, brand, everybody has a brand, whether you know it or not, or whether you use it or not, or whether you uh, pursue it or not. Um, a brand is pretty much everybody's experience of your farm, right? Whether it's talking to you in person, whether it's seeing you online, it's the combined experience of all of those touch points with different customers. Um, and so the reason we get most excited about brand is because we know how important brands are in today's day and age of people wanting to relate to brands, wanting to be loyal to brands, you know, and getting excited about brands. And think of microbreweries, for example. I mean, people love their beer and they love their local beer and they're proud of that and they buy it and they go out of their way to buy it. Um, During COVID, for example, I'm like going out of my way to buy from restaurants or coffee shops that I love to support them. Mm -hmm. Um, We're seeing the same thing in the the food industry. Farmers are in some cases, we've seen a lot of farms selling out because they not only have uh, customers that love them, but that are buying and proud to support them. So brand is a big opportunity for farmers. Um, It's where they can outshine, like I said, microbreweries. Microbreweries can outshine big commodity beer brands, right? People would way rather do the local microbrewery brand than some, you know, big national brand um, that doesn't have, that isn't very personal. Mm -hmm. Um, So this one, the farmers have all the pieces. That's why I love it when farms sign up with Barn to Door, because we walk through and get their brand set up on all channels. And we talk a lot about their brand and how they can promote it uh, and engage their customers to build build those loyal relationships because customers um, if they connect with your brand are actually three times more likely to become a repeat purchaser and three times more likely to refer you to their friends so I mean brand is a beautiful way to grow your business mm-hmm. and it's so fun too to see um, you know to work at Barn to Door and to see these farms come on that all have these very distinct you know personalities mm-hmm. to their business and to yeah. see the way that we can then bring those online and you know in our direct 2020 conference, mm-hmm. Nona 
uh, Nona Jones spoke on brand and she was mentioning that, you know, digital spaces are spaces where real people are. Those are real interactions. Mm. Um, and that's just so important to remember that you are building that loyalty between you. You're building a relationship with your customer and that happens online too. This is one thing I learned too when I was a blogger is, I mean, you build such strong relationships online. I mean, social is social. I mean, you literally, that, that is what it's about. It's about relationship building. Um, and and what's, what's interesting and unique is we're used to in-person, but online is, is A, a really powerful way to build relationships, but also a way to meet new customers, right, that you would never otherwise meet. So there's just, if you have your brand sort of stood up online. Um, now, I got to tell, I have to say one more thing about brand before we move on. And that is, you have to have a beautiful brand on all channels. It needs to be consistent, recognizable, and you got to tell your story, but you also have to engage customers regularly um, because all the brands are, right? And so to, to compete, to stay top of mind and to build that loyalty that then turns into sales, you actually do need to engage people on social or through email or through newsletters. Um, we have have MailChimp integrated as well for that reason, right? Because we, we, we actually build templates for farmers on MailChimp because we want them to be able to connect with their customers and build that brand loyalty because we know that it produces orders and sales and, mm -hmm. and sustainability for their business long-term. Yeah, absolutely. Which kind of brings us back to convenience as well, that we know that those 30% higher order volumes from just weekly order reminders, you know, is engagement. It's also reminding people to purchase and, you know, taking on some of that, meeting them where they're at, making it mm. convenient. Convenience is an interesting lever. I think this is the one that um, is, is the most opportunity for farmers um, frequently um, and can actually end up in the most impactful results in terms of them uplifting their business um, it, and it can take the most adjustment, right? So in other words, this is the one that most farmers statistically have the furthest to go on. Um, what we find is that convenience can make the difference between a sale or not a sale. Mm -hmm. um, and I can tell you, I mean, we watch it all day long. And so we definitely champion this one. Um, and it doesn't mean you need to change the course of, you know, your whole business. It just means incrementally, even if you start to chip away at providing more convenience to your buyers, it, you're going to see results from that. Mm -hmm. So then I want to talk a little bit about what convenience means. I think what is convenient and what's not convenient? What have we seen? Yeah, so buyers today, especially online, it's basically all about time, money, and effort. So as little effort as possible, as little time as possible, and then, um, and then in terms of money, it's just how easy I can pay you, um, right? And so when I go online, I'm happy if I'm in and out of buying a couple of extra things on Amazon in less than a minute. I just throw up my cart, boom, done. Inconvenience looks like this. I have to talk to somebody. I have to call them first. I have to fill out a form. Um, I have to drive a long ways um, or I have to go find my checkbook stamp, write it out, et cetera. Like all of that takes time and is inconvenient. It takes my time and effort. This is literally a slippery slope to more sales. The easier you make it for your buyers, the more time you save them, the closer it is to their doorstep, the better. So convenience looks, the most convenient is I've got a digital payment. I've got a credit card saved on file, so I don't have to enter it again. I can just say yes. It's on as close to my doorstep as possible. Um, so on my doorstep is the, is the most convenient uh, that it just shows up. Um, a nearby pickup location is okay. We see that a lot with Starbucks where you can purchase and go pick up. 
but door-to-door delivery will win over pickup every single time. Um, and then uh, ease of payment, you know, e- I wouldn't even say ease of payment, subscriptions. I mean, we, we uh, added subscriptions to the platform earlier this year, and it's just taking off, you know, six-month subscription, weekly subscription, 12 months. I'm like, 25% of the revenue going through our platform is already subscriptions. We're seeing that farms who have subscription items have an 80% recurring monthly revenue, which means that the first day of the month, they wake up and they know that 80% of their income is guaranteed um, and they have a place for that product. And it's not only, you know, dependable revenue, it's also time savings. Um, We were talking to Tom Bennett and, you know, he just goes in and packs his subscription bundle boxes on a rainy day, keeps them in the freezer and has them ready to go, um, which takes all of that hassle out of that kind of day before delivery um, rush. So it's, it's really working well. It's been really cool to see. And I, you know, wanted to kind of continue here. I know you mentioned this earlier, but want to circle back because it's just so important. Tell me, Janelle, is one lever more important than the others? Ha ha. Um, <laughs> no, I think some are easier than others. Um, and I think for any of us, I think they're probably really good at one or two of them and have room for improvement on, you know, one or two of them, right? And I think that's exciting because I think that's opportunity. I know that our account managers work specifically with our farmers to discuss the levers. Which one do you want to focus on this quarter or this year? And let's try things. Uh, let's let's try this and this and this for your farm because obviously they know what that farmer's up against in terms of their um, their workflows and everything else. And so they come up with a strategy and a plan. But But the reality of it is, is you actually do need all four. Um, you can do, you know, brand price convenience well, but not have quality and people ultimately aren't going to be as loyal because it's not as good. Um, if it's really clunky to purchase uh, and the pricing is, is confusing online, um, people, you're going to lose, you're going to lose orders. Um, so incrementally there will help you make more sales. Um, I would say quality farmers are already pretty good at that and they're working on it. Brand, I feel like is low hanging fruit because the farmers have the pieces there. They have the passion. They have the amazing product. Um, all the pieces are there. We help them set up, you know, and, and other farms who aren't even working with Barnes or Door hopefully have their brand across all channels online. It's just a matter then of leaning in and actually beginning to engage your customers on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So that one takes time, but the pieces are there. So it is low hanging fruit. Um, price doesn't take a lot of time to fix. <laughs> um, if you just sort of streamline the experience of what people, what the price is for your product and, and the packaging is really simple um, and, and reduce the amount of items that you're selling, like just keep it really high and tight. Simple, 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 simple. That, one's, that one does not take a lot of time. Um, I think convenience is, the one, is a big lever. If you're going to pick one that has, could potentially have really meaningful shifts in businesses and we watch it time and again, mm-hmm. time and again with so many of our farmers who like start trying door-to-door delivery even just once a month. Um, now it's not an overnight hailstorm of new customers, but you start to build it up over time and they're just, well, in some cases actually it was, they're selling out. But, <laughs> but that truth be told, convenience I think is the most uncomfortable one and new one for farmers, but it's also potentially the biggest opportunity um, in terms of making a big difference. And, and a lot of that comes down to saved credit cards on file that people can, can purchase with. That's convenient. Subscriptions are very convenient. Deliveries, door-to-door delivery, very convenient. Um, there's just a lot of ways to sort of um, really step up uh, mm-hmm. that lever. Yeah, we, we call it the tipping point for good reason. So then, you know, how would you recommend that farms begin to look at these four levers and start to work on them incrementally? Yeah, this is, so this is great. So we, 
at Barn to Door, obviously we work really, you know, one-on-one with farmers to talk through these and, and talk about their business and, and uh, what are the tactics for them to incrementally improve. And what we usually do is we're like, hey, let's focus on just one. You know, let's not overwhelm. Let's just start A-B testing. Let's start trying a few things to see what works for your farm because every farm's different. Um, but even for everyone else who might not um, be using Barn to Door, I mean, we, we want we want to help everyone, and so we create um, we create blogs and eBooks. You know, again, we've learned so much over the years about what works with commerce and farmers selling direct, um, and we really want people to buy from them as much as possible. And so we're trying to get the information out there. So we have free eBooks. We've got fantastic blogs, resources, a video recording of our of our conference. Download this podcast. Listen to the podcast. Check out the resources please do I mean that they're there for you um, and then I would just pay attention what are other successful farms doing really good farmers on uh, check out who's good on social and and start to learn from them I mean it's, it's all out there it's just a matter of leaning in putting in some time and then and trying things out and we're going to continue to try things out with you we're going to continue putting those resources on this podcast and there is truly no one better to help us kick this off than Janelle so thank you so much for joining us this was really fun um, yeah, grateful for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so enthusiastic about this direct podcast and all of the great minds that we're all going to learn from. And really, at the end of the day, our whole goal is to help every farm be successful and ultimately to help change the food system. Thank you to everyone for being with us today on the Direct Farm Podcast. Please continue to join us over the next four weeks. We're going to dive into each of these four levers in more detail uh, and continue hearing from fresh voices from successful farms. It's going to be good. So stay strong, stay healthy. We're thrilled to have you be a part of this. 